Welcome everyone. This is the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. We are happy you joined us today. The Spirit of God speaks with words crafted for our hearts. And now from God's Word, it is time to feed up. With an introduction for today's message, here is our speaker, Joel Van Hoogen. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul asked for prayer. Finally, brothers, pray for us, that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as it happened among you. We are to pray for the rapid advance of the gospel. Why? Because this is how the gospel generally moves into our lives. It makes quick work of sin and transforms those who receive it from sinners to saints in a second. And we're to pray this way in an act that pushes through the hesitancy and slowness of our own witness. Like our prayers, we must be bold and must act when opportunity opens up for us to share the good news. Third, we must pray this way to stand against and counter the slow, lethargic pull of sin in the age in which we live. Prayer, you see, is calling upon a revolutionary work of God and believing God for such a work. Oh, listen, let's not think about this as missions. Just think of that aunt or that grandparent or that relative or that child or that friend or that neighbor. And at some point in time, you think, oh, there's just no way this person will ever break. Now in prayer, you're facing those stubborn ways and people and those long-held prejudices and that long-resistant posture. And you remember how Christ changed you, how he broke in on you and quickly turned you to himself. You look at your own life. If you're a born-again person, you have a life that nothing but the work of God could ever have produced. You have a life that cannot be explained apart from his work in your life. The statement that many people have said to me when sharing their testimonies is, you would not recognize me today from what I was. No, God radically and rapidly changed you. There's no explanation in the programs of men no explanation in their political solutions. No explanation in the types of therapies you may have been subjected to that can explain for what God did in your life. Your life is a but God explanation. But God did something. But God worked. Now with that work in your own life, view your prayer for others. We actually need in our day and age as never before radical converts to Jesus Christ because we need radical converts who are praying for a radical transformation of our world. We pray this way because if you were to write anything down, I want you to write this down. You're to pray this way because intercessory prayer is claiming a future that no one could see except that they see it through the power and promise of the gospel. You pray this way because intercessory prayer is claiming a future that no one could see except they see it through the power and promise of the gospel. We are to pray in defiance of the age in which we live. It's always been this way. No, it doesn't always have to be that way. It's always been this way. It's always going to be this way. No, it's not. The gospel can come in rapidly and change everything wonderfully. I defy it through my prayers. We defy the ongoing patterns of decay in this fallen world. And we hold in our prayers the vision of the gospel bringing life where death has held sway. We are to lay hold in our prayers of a future that is unthinkable apart 
from that of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of God released upon the hearts of men. It's unthinkable, but it's more than believable if you know that power. It's more than believable. And so you pray believing it. God, break in wonderfully, miraculously, rapidly, powerfully into these places. Oh, we need radical converts who would pray radically. One of the problems if God has given you somewhat of a prophetic vision of things, somewhat of a prophetic nature that sees the compromises and sees before the light of God's word the failings of the age you live in, is at sometimes you see all the failings and the compromises and the doldrums and the lethargy, not only in the world but in the church, and you see that the pattern has taken root, it has become entrenched, and you fail to see at the same time clearly the future promises that God has given us and the way God will work. And so periodically God comes to his prophets and he teaches them things so that they might, even as they see what things are now, they might hold in their minds what will be and pray with that kind of vision, and preach and teach with that kind of vision? What's the use of prophesying, even against people's sins, if you don't believe that God can radically break in and forgive them of those sins? Go to Ezekiel chapter 37. I want to read to you verses 1 through 14. Ezekiel has prophesied a sequence of judgments over the people of Israel. At some point in time, he may want to think, God, why am I doing this? Look at all the things that are going to happen to them because of their sin. And, and Ezekiel not only prophesies what is going to happen, but he prophesies what is happening, what they are doing and the failures in their lives. Then God comes and speaks to Ezekiel so that his life becomes not only prophecy, but his life becomes intercession. Verse 1, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to those bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into them, and you shall live. And I will put sinews on you, and bring flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and a sudden rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, and there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cast off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. 
And then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Pray in faith. Pray that God will rapidly bring bones together and put flesh upon them and breath in them. Pray that as you see many in the valley of decision, that they will rise up at once from their graves. Let your prayers surround houses and communities and cities and countries. And in your prayers, pray that the Lord will bring down, crashing down the walls of resistance. That God will send forth His word rapidly and let it race into the hearts of people. And run and rush to them the changes that only He can make, but He can make them. Get a vision of that person, that community, that place where the gospel is going and pray for a rapid movement of the gospel in China or Cambodia or Iran. And by the way, it's happening there. Assign your prayers to other places as well. Here's the last thing here. Pray this way because you must learn to live this way. Pray this way because you must learn to live this way. You actually may not want to pray this way. Because if God were to bring a rapid movement of Himself upon the society in which you lived, it may leave you behind in your own comfort zones. People may meet God in your household, your neighbors, your families, and they may then come around and ask you why you've got your own home so cluttered up with things. They might start demanding that you clean your own house up as God is working in their hearts so radically and powerfully to transform their lives. If you're going to pray this way for others, you might have to pray this way for yourself, something like this. God, if there is some part of my life that has become so accustomed to my own comforts and ease, a pattern that is retarding the advance of your life in my life, leading me into deeper holiness, leading me into more profound committed service, leading me into a greater knowledge of you, God, rooted out of my life, loose me from it rapidly. Let your gospel come to me with power. The Christian Missionary Alliance is the denomination that I'm ordained in. It was formed in the late 1800s, and it really was formed not as a unique movement, but as an expression of something that God was doing throughout the evangelical community. It was really formed in this revivalistic time in the history of the United States, a time in which people were expecting people to be radically converted to Christ. It was also happening at a time when the church was discovering the power of the Holy Spirit to bring transformation to the lives of believers. In the midst of that time, they came up with a doctrinal statement. And let me read to you the doctrinal statement on one point. It's on the point of a life of holiness for the Christian. It says this, It is the will of God that each believer should be filled with the Holy Spirit and be sanctified holy, being separated from sin and the world and fully dedicated to the will of God, thereby receiving power for holy living and effective service. This is both a crisis and a progressive experience wrought in the life of the believer subsequent to conversion. Now, actually, the phrase there, this is a progressive experience, wasn't in their original doctrinal statement. They said this is a crisis where God rapidly brings people into this life of surrender and service and victory and whole, whole sanctification. Later on, though, as the years went by, they added the term of progression. They realized, you know, some of us grow a little slower than others. And there are some things that God takes time and working in our lives where we have to be patient. And so let's say it's a crisis and let's also say it's a progressive moving of God leading us into more holiness. 
The problem is people have glommed on to the idea of progression and have abandoned the idea of crisis. But let me just tell you something. Although we do at times grow slowly, listen, we need a crisis. We need God to break in on us. We need those moments in our lives when God speaks to us rapidly and we fall before Him and we repent and we confess and we turn. The rapid advance of the Spirit of God bringing us surging forward into surrender before Him and as a result surging into some new level of victory and holiness that only He could produce and could only be explained by His power alone. What are we saying? Through all of this, what are we saying? We're saying pray for the rapid advance of the gospel. Pray for it with faith in the rapid power of the gospel. Pray for it against the hesitancy and shyness of the flesh. Pray for it as a counter-movement to the ways of this world. Pray for the rapid advance of the gospel as a subversive vision that is defiant of the rolling ways of death in our age. Pray for it as a part of your own readiness and desire for God to break in upon you suddenly and make you more and more like His Son. This is what prayer is. It's a defiance of the slow death of this world and a cry for the quickening of the Spirit of God to fall upon people and lands. And while you're praying for it and expecting it, while you're praying for it, be ready for God to do that rapid work in your own life. You've been listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, God bless you.